welcome back to another hour of We'll Laugh About This Tomorrow. Maybe more like 45 minutes, but you catch my grift, drift, grift, can't even talk. How's it going, everybody? How we doing after our Thanksgiving? Mine was great. Got to see family for the first time sober in a long time. Felt pretty good to be involved and, you know, everybody talking to me about it and and being able to be arms wide open when it came to that conversation. Uh, it was nice. It was nice to, to feel all that support from all the people that you care and love about. Um, a lot of people came in from out of town, mostly on my wife's side. My family uh, was, was doing their own thing on Thanksgiving. They actually did Thanksgiving like way early. But yeah, it was a it was a good holiday. Work was crazy that week, um, so that was nice to have a couple days off. Get off early on Thanksgiving. Had Friday off, or, or no, I went to work Friday. Had an early day, and then uh, Saturday I had Saturday off, so I had myself a four day weekend. My good friend from down south came up, so we got to hang out, and that was nice. Hadn't seen him seen him in years. So it was fun to reconnect and talk and and uh, it's it's nice to be it's nice to be on the same playing field as somebody and, and be honest with them and, and get to talk to them about things that you don't normally get to talk to other people about. Uh, I got I got a few messages and and uh, you know thoughts about certain things in my last episode the. Enablers episode. A lot of people, uh, people that were addicts that listened to it, they didn't think, you know, it was anything crazy. It was just me telling a story. And and, and other people that don't know where an addict comes from, they, they looked at it as me just like talking shit about a bunch of people, or my parents mainly, because they were like the main thing of, you know, and they were, they were a big part of my addiction. They really were. And everything they did, uh, like, affected me in some way, even though I was masking it with my addiction, it still affected me. And it made me, you know, enhance my addiction or take more for my addiction because of things that happen. So... I had talked to one person and and they were talking to me about uh, how how some people like sober people they don't know how addicts uh, show their feelings because we don't show our feelings we're masking it we're numb inside we're just living day by day worrying about our next fix so when something happens that's that is minor or not even that big a deal it may affect us, but the fact that we're masking it and hiding it does it, you know, it, it looks like it's nothing to us. So someone was asking, another addict was talking to me about it and they were saying how little things, uh, like they would get, you know, so something, something small would happen where when they were addicted to something and they wouldn't react because they would just go you know, get high and forget about it and not worry about it. 
and then later on when they got sober they realized like man all these little tiny stupid things like someone not coming and visiting me when they said they would or someone not meeting to hang out with me when they said they would affected me but didn't affect me till I was sober or just didn't I didn't realize it until I was sober and I had a lot of those things too I had I had a lot of like just talking through that episode and all the events that happened and then thinking about it after the episode or even before when I was thinking about it which was ooh, which is what made me uh, do the episode in the first place was all the stuff I felt like I needed to express and at first I wasn't I mean I was gonna put the podcast out but at the same time I was kind of hesitant to just because some people are gonna be offended or whatever this and that and it's like well if you're offended then that means that you're just trying to hide your guilt at least that's the way it looks like to me like if you're gonna be offended about something that someone says because they're calling you out or something you did and then you're offended by it that just means that you feel bad about being guilty for that thing that was said but as I was saying so like when when things like that happen you don't you don't think about it and and like each week I'm like thinking of stuff in the past and things that I've done or things that I missed out on or people where I counted on people or where they counted on me and how certain events affect people and, and how they affected me when I was an addict versus how they would affect me if I was sober. And it's night and day. It's, it's such a big difference because it's such a small thing, like somebody not calling me back when they said like, hey, let's hey, come over, come over and watch the football game, you know, we'll hang out. And then they, you know, you text them to go over there and then they just ghost you or don't say anything. And when you're an addict, you're like, eh, whatever. I'll just go get high instead. Who cares? But thinking about it when I'm sober, I'm like, that's why I went and got high because I was upset that that person did that to me and didn't want to hang out with me or whatever. And it hurt my feelings. But instead of expressing that to them, I would just go get high. So it happens a lot. And I, I, a lot of my experiences with being an addict is, is like that, like really, really like that. Like everything, anything important that didn't go my way or anything bad that happened, just go get high, mask it, get rid of it, push through because we don't think about anything else but getting our next fix or having enough of our uh, substance to get high or whatever your crutch is, alcohol, drugs, narcotics, whatever you want to call them, whatever your crutch is, whatever you're addicted to. So none of it matters. But then now when you're sober and you're able to just, you, you have the the weight off your shoulders and you're able to be honest about everything as you talk about it or like when my friend was over we we're talking about it how like if we fuck up now it's easier to be honest about it and I'm not talking relapse or anything like that but just everything in general like it's just easier to be honest because you're being sober and you're being a good person that if you do have a mistake or do something dumb it's so easy to be honest about it because you've gone through hell as an addict and now that you're sober you can kick down the door to anything at least that's how I feel and I know how a lot of other people feel like that so it's it's I've heard it on a lot of other podcasts and a lot of other podcasts I heard it on a lot of other podcasts with addicts and certain interviews and stuff where 
people talking to the attic, they go, you know, people that have had fucked up shit happen to them or been in the, in the serious rut of addiction and they're able to get out of it and be sober, those people have a thing. They have that it factor, if you, if I guess you can say. They have that thing, that ability to do anything now. Because if you can go through the shit you go through to get sober, I don't wish it on my worst enemy. It is the worst thing ever. And that's what I kind of wanted to talk about today was withdrawals a little bit. So, like I said, it's, it's the worst thing ever. A lot of people are different with withdrawals. I know at the height of my addiction, I couldn't go, I could barely, barely, barely go like maybe eight hours, 10 hours. And then when it got really bad, like I would, I was having to take uh, my prescription pills or whatever, like every other hour or every two hours I was taking something, even if it was just a little fix, like didn't get me high, but just kept me feeling good. So. When you don't take that stuff, especially when you are heavy into it, you'll sit there and tell yourself like, okay, I have this much, I can make it last till this date and then I'll be able to get more. And you know how many times that backfires in an addict's face? So much. Like the, the amount of, of work we do in our brains to make sure we have enough drugs for our, to support our addict, to support our addiction, it's crazy. Like you would think we're Stephen Hawkins, like the way we come up with shit. Like, okay, well, if I, if I buy this much this day and then in four days, I'll be able to buy this much more. And then if I, if I can do this or if he'll front me this much, and then on this day, I'll be able to pay him. And if I borrow money from here to pay that person, and then I could pay them back and then get another front. And then on the, on this Friday, I'll be able to pay him back and be straight and then get another front and buy some at the same time. So I'll have a, you know, this much, and then I just have to pay him back what I owe him, and then I'm good, and then I'll have money the next time and I don't, won't owe him anything, except that never works out. It's always, okay, here, I'm gonna front you $200 worth, and then you come the next time with 200 bucks and you pay it off, but now you don't have money to get anything. So now you're getting another front for 200, and it's just over and over and over. So try, unless you are like a celebrity or a rock star or something, I feel like, You'd have to have unlimited cash to be able to, so am I. You'd have to have unlimited cash to be able to just keep up with an addiction like that. And I feel like I always told myself like, oh, if I, if I somehow got some crazy lump sum of money, I would never have to worry about drugs. I would just buy this much and I'd be set for months and I just have to save up in those months and, and buy more again. Because cause once you have it and once you have enough, say you get some and you have enough for five days, during those five days, you were like the perfect person with money. You don't spend money, you don't use any extra money because you wanna make sure that you have money to get your next fix. You're like a bank, a bank vault in between getting, you know, meeting your dealer or going to the liquor store or whatever your addiction is. And so when you, I always told myself like, if I ever got a lump sum of money, I'd be able to do that. But that's the thing, you'd, you'd get that big, huge amount of whatever your addiction is and you would go through it so fast that you would either end up ODing or killing yourself. And, you know, then that's the end of it. But I mean, if you OD and you live through it, you're gonna just wanna get more anyways. Usually that's rock bottom for somebody. Luckily, I've never, I've never overdosed. Somehow, some way, I never have. 
and when you go through it all like that then you're just like oh man like I went through it way too much or or you'll treat yourself you know like oh I did good today I I got all my chores done around my house I, I did my laundry you know what I deserve three more pills today because I I was productive and it's the same thing I think with any any addiction like oh I clean the house and mop the floor and Oh, I'm gonna take a shot of Jack Dan, Jack whiskey or whatever. Oh man, my neighbor has a loud car. Hopefully it puts that thing away. <laughs> and, and so you, it's always about the addiction, right? No matter what, you always, you always have to make sure you have enough. So back to what I was talking about with withdrawals, I, w I could barely go, you know, a couple hours without starting to feel like crap or, or sometimes I'd push myself like oh if I can just make it till this time then you know I can save that extra pill for tomorrow or whatever the case may be but I had gone through withdrawal I've gone through withdrawals so many times I can't even count and I, and when you're in withdrawals you will do any and everything just to get a fix so you don't feel like shit and the thing that sucks about withdrawals too is like when you're feeling like shit and you get money or you find some drugs to help yourself you always have to take a bunch more just to get yourself feeling good. So like if you take one pill normally every couple hours and then you go through withdrawals, you'll have to take like three or four just to get it like like spiked back up in your system to your uh, to what you're used to, to what your body's uh, brain farting on the word, to what your body's used to and then and then you're okay and then by the time you feel okay you're like oh i'll take another one and then you take another one and then next thing you know you're going through withdrawals five days later because you just spent the money that you had to make you last for a week and now you're fucked again i can't tell you how many times i've gone through withdrawals uh, earlier on in my addiction when i was just taking the norcos and vicodin those withdrawals are cake like do you, you feel like shit for maybe two days the third day is the worst where you have diarrhea and sometimes you throw up. The no sleeping is always the worst part because all you want to do is sleep and relax, but you can't because your body is saying, give me drugs. But at the same time saying, get this shit out of me or give me more of it. So you're, you're mood swings, you're sweating, you can't sleep, you're shitting yourself. You're throwing up sometimes, can't eat, you're nauseous all the time. And then... And then it goes away like the fourth day you'll start feeling better drink a bunch of water get all hydrated i've withdrawn off norcos a bunch of times and it's never it's never that bad like it's tolerable like where you can still be functional maybe not the first or second day but after after the second day usually you can be a little bit more functional and get through it but when you get into like the heavier stuff like the fentanyl and the oxycontin and morphine all the different stuff and you take it for a certain amount of time I'll tell you fentanyl is the worst thing to ever withdraw off of I've ever experienced, which is what I was on before I got sober. I, I had never gone into full, full withdrawal. Like I, I had it to where I'd gone a whole 24 hours with it and I knew I was getting some the next day. And, and that kind of keeps your, your hope alive for not feeling like shit that long. So I honestly think mentally it helps you with the withdrawal. But 24 hours, even 24 hours sucks. 24 hours is like the second day of Norco. Like you just feel like shit. You have no no energy, lethargic. Really, really sucks. But by the second day 
a fentanyl uh, withdrawal, you are in a world of hell. Uh, the best way to explain it to me is like, like the flu times 10. Like you can't eat, uh, you're constantly sweating, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. You're shitting yourself, you're throwing up. Anything you try to eat, you throw up. Water, throw it up. You can't do anything. And I got to about day three. I got, no, I got to day four. Was actually starting to feel better. I was like, my body was hurting really bad still, but I, I was able to eat a little bit. And I was able to sleep like two hours. So I, two hours is amazing when you're going through withdrawal. And I got to day four feeling like shit. And then I ended up getting money. And I bought, I remember uh, I got more drugs. And then I told myself, okay, this is the last time I'm buying them, which is still the stupidest thing I could have done. Because if I would have just lasted a couple more days, I would have been fine. And of course I couldn't do it because I'm an addict. And if I have the money readily available, like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to go buy more drugs and, and feel good again. So that's what I did. And I was so bad in withdrawals when I took two pills, I threw them up. Like, I couldn't even keep the pills down. So I wasted two pills, and then the third one I was able to keep down. Started feeling better, and then I took two more, and then I felt good, and then I took two more, and then I felt great, and then you're good. And then I remember counting them out. I'm like, okay, I got, I got this many. If I just taper myself down, it won't be as bad. And, I'm, and now looking back, it's like, man, I'm such a fucking idiot. If I would have just not bought any and stayed clean for a couple more days, I probably would have still felt like crap, but I wouldn't have had to go through it again. You know what I mean? Like, it's like I just, I went, here's the beginning, peaked at the withdrawal. Oh, man, this feels like shit, but I'm almost done. Starting to come down, feel a little better. Oh, I got drugs. Sweet. Now I'm fucking leveled out and then in five days when I run out of pills again boom gonna peak again super bad withdrawal and the thing with fentanyl is it's a full agonist so it sticks to your fat cells and everything like I've heard stories of it taking like three weeks to get out of people's systems like sometimes a month so I don't know if I have a good metabolism or what but it was out of my system in six days and it sucked ass of course I went to a clinic and I took methadone uh, to help me with withdrawals. I was on methadone for like, I think six weeks. And then I tapered off of that. And, and now I use Suboxone here and there. When I get cravings, I use that as they call it sub maintenance. Cause I mean, I still have a long ways to go. I have like, they say at least two years before your brain is normal again. So I do, I, every time I feel like I have cravings or, you know, this or that, I, I just take some Suboxone and I feel fine and that stuff is a wonder drug for addicts. And I fully support that stuff. People say like, oh, it's just another addiction. To me, it's not, I don't think of it like that. I've, I've gone like three days without it, out it before and I, and I just started it like two weeks ago and I've already gone like two days without it and then I started feeling craving so I took some, like I'm, I'm being smart. I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna fuck myself and go buy a bunch of drugs and I definitely don't want to go buy drugs then go through withdrawals again and all that shit and I have so much more to live for than to go waste money and take myself down that rabbit hole and lose my family over some fucking drugs 
So anybody that doesn't think Suboxone works or it's just another crutch or addiction, you're wrong. As long as you just, as long as you do it the way you're prescribed to do it, you'll be a hundred percent better off than doing whatever you were doing before that made you get on it in the first place. So like I was saying with the withdrawals, it's, it's the most skin crawling, worst pain, flu times 10, just sucks. I, I literally, I wish that would never happen to my worst enemy. It's the worst thing in the world. I can't, I can't uh, express that enough. Like, if there's one thing to tell the youth of this generation, don't do fucking drugs because you will hate yourself when you go through withdrawals. And it's, it's no joke. The withdrawals are no fucking joke. And the withdrawals, like, to me, the withdrawals are the reason people are addicts. Because once they tar start taking something, at the, you know, at the very beginning when they start taking something, they don't realize what they're doing to their body. You're killing all your receptors in your brain and frying them. And they take years to repair. So if you're an addict, like I was for almost 10 years, like my receptors are just fried. All they want is, you know, opiates. That's all my brain wants. So you bet your ass it's going to crave them and I'm going to crave them and, and want drugs here and there now that I'm sober. And that's why it's a one day at a time thing. Take one day at a time, do your thing, have assistance if you need it. And don't, don't do fucking drugs, man. It's, it's not worth it for somehow. Somehow, some way, I was able to be an addict and support my family and sweep it under the rug and act like it didn't exist when I knew I was an addict for years. And I mean, like I did some real piece of shit things. I was a real piece of shit person in, in the sense of my addiction getting in the ways of so many things. But it's crazy, like you have people out there, like I feel like I, not something to brag about but like there's people that are lazy and won't get jobs and would rather be on unemployment and here I am an addict busting my ass to support my family and, and keeping a job as an addict like you can't like you can't like uh, how like how I never got you know in trouble or drug tested randomly randomly or something is beyond me and I personally think it's because I just keep my head down do my work and bust my ass so i make sure i have money you know as as much as i hate to hate to say it when i was an addict like i worked just to support my addiction like as long as i had money to support my family the rest of the money was me for my addiction but it's crazy like this generation coming up has no idea how shitty this stuff is how shitty drugs are and how easy they are to get like stuff is just flooding the streets and it's scary because everything out there is just dirty. Everything's mixed with fentanyl. Everything is just, you never know what you're getting. And I even went down that route and I'm surprised that I can sit here and tell you about it because it's, it's a sketchy thing to, to be that lost and that far in your addiction to where you feel like you don't give a shit what you get as long as it's something to do with getting me high. This, uh, Becoming sober, you know, it opens your eyes to so many things. And like I was saying, I, every week I sit there and think about the past and, and stories and things. And there's, there's so many instances where 
I literally like hurt my wife so bad and I didn't give a fuck. Or I used money that we were using for saving or saving up for a certain thing and I used the money and when she confronted me about it, I just didn't give a fuck. I always acted like my money is my money and that's it, period, you know? So the type of person I was when I was an addict was a piece of shit. Kept food on the table and kept a roof over my family's head, but other than that, I, was, I wasn't there. And now that I'm here and sober and awake, like every day is a blessing. Every day is fucking awesome. I'm, I'm, I bust my ass at work. I, I love my job. I come home and I get to be excited to come home now and not have to worry about, you know, being high or taking drugs to do things around the house and play with my kids. And it's amazing. And I really truly thank God every day for it because he's keeping me out of that rut of addiction and I will stay out of it. There's 100% no way I will ever fucking relapse because I know if I relapse, that's a wrap on having a family, being married, having all the things that I have. It's a wrap. It's done for. And that simply is enough for me. I don't, there's no reason for me to relapse. And I have nothing to hide now. Like all of my lies and everything have been my, my Pandora's box of lies has just been opened and my wife knows everything I did, all the little lies and shit I would tell, everybody that I would use for borrowing money and this and that, they all know why now. So there's nothing I can do unless I just like started saving nickels and dimes to even buy drugs. But even then, I have no way to hide it now, which is also another motivator. Like even if I wanted to get high, like I just need to look in the mirror and slap myself because it's not worth it and it's there's really no point um there's a lot of people out there that have to deal with that and don't have a support system and if you need a support system there's so many things that you can do to get a support system uh there's na numbers there there's i wish i had it on me there's a na phone number you can call they're out of texas i believe and you can call them and just talk to somebody. Somebody like you too, most of the people on there are addicts. I've called it before and talked to a person for 20, 30 minutes. And it's crazy because they can relate to so much. Uh, one thing with addicts is all our stories are the same in one way or another. So there's always someone to talk to. Uh, make sure you guys uh, visit uh, publicgift.com and, and donate to Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, use my code at checkout, mental25, M-E-N-T-A-L-2-5, at checkout for uh, 10% off. And a proceed, proceeds go to um, all those Narcotics Anonymous, Alcohol Anonymous, everything. Depression, suicide, PTSD, all that stuff. They spread their money everywhere. It's a great little company. And I'm, I'm glad to have a, a brand ambassador or be a brand ambassador about something like that because... It, they literally I talked to the owner for hours one day like they're they're super cool and they have a really cool uh, vision for what they want to do to help people so this is kind of going to be a little bit of a short episode I was unprepared again work's been a little crazy I still found time to come talk to you guys but uh all you guys out there that are battling to stay sober make sure you keep your head up 
you know, make sure you find ways to relax yourself and relieve yourself of that stress, that craving of, of wanting to do that. And always, I'm always here too. You can reach out to me on my Instagram, on my Facebook. If you have my number and I know you, I, I, there's no judgment here. You can talk to me anytime you want. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this little talk. Uh, next week will be a, a good episode. I, I'm writing the, the plot for it right now. It's going to be pretty cool. I'm go I've been going through all these old stories in my mind and talking to my wife and talking to different people to, to kind of put a collection of all these wild stories that happened that they had no idea why they happened or why they went down that way. So make sure you guys tune in next week on uh, December 10th. This episode is done. So get the fuck out of here. Go ahead. You can you can turn it off. Turn off Spotify or Apple or whatever you're listening on. Uh, you still here? No, go ahead. Turn off. Oh yeah, hey, by the way, guys. Video is not only on YouTube, but it's on Spotify as well. So if you're watching this on or listening on Spotify, make sure you watch my pretty face. I'll see you guys later. And I probably won't see you guys because I don't, I don't know who the fuck you are listening. But, um... You'll hear, hear from me later, and you'll see this pretty face, like I said, every week on Fridays. Um, stay strong. Keep it up. We'll laugh about this tomorrow. <laughs>